this morning to uh, breakfast in bed? Yeah right. yeah, right. Gentlemen, how many of you remember to uh, buy your, uh, your wife a lovely Valentine's Day gift? All of you, I know, you did. It's okay. Um, Valentine's is one of those days, isn't it? It's one of those uh, holidays that I'm, I'm a little perplexed by. I mean, why do we pick one day to show love? Uh, I'm challenged by it. And you know what? I, I've, this is just me personal here. I, I find it kind of frustrating that a dozen roses that normally cost $20 all of a sudden cost $120. And dinner that normally cost $30 now cost $140. Uh, it seems like this marketing ploy and everything's... But it's Valentine's Day. And, uh, and Valentine's Day, our culture talks about love. Or at least what they think love is. And what I want to do this morning is we're going to pause from our series on a walk through Ephesians. And we're going to look at this idea of love is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. One of the most famous uh, passages of scripture. I'm pretty sure that everyone uh, references or most people reference this passage of scripture at a wedding. They share this story, this these writings from Paul about love is, and then the list that unfolds, and it's it's very it's really really nice. It's actually very beautiful, and it's actually very life changing if we really grasp the true meaning of what it is. Our culture thinks they know what love is, and they're trying to uh, find answers. In fact, they're so overwhelmed with this word love that they say they love. This, that, or everything. I love that sweater. I love that pair of shoes. I love that hairdo. You know, like, they love everything. I mean, if you ever walk through a hallway at high school, and you just stop and listen, they say the word, I love, like, 50 times about everything. I love that song. I love this. I love that. I love it. Do they really know what it means? And there's a challenge because we love this word, we overuse this word, but I don't think we really understand it. I think our culture is feeding us something that is not completely true of love. Amazon lets you search their books by subject. So I did this little test to find out because I figured, you know what, we want to know about love. Everyone wants to know love. So I I did this search and it's interesting what you find out. I, I searched by subject to find out that in their library, as you as you study it, that you could see that there are, you know, I, I picked some some keywords. You know, a lot of people want to know. Maybe they want to know about heaven. Maybe they're facing death, so they have questions. Well, there's five thousand six hundred, almost six hundred five thousand six hundred and fifty books that you could order about heaven on Amazon through their library. Okay, heaven's a good one. Let's try money. Money. Now there's a topic. 38,000, 38,526 books about money. God, that was my next search. 49,631 books with the subject of God. Sex was the next one. 145,288 books that you could find that had the subject of sex. So let's try love. 185,857 books you could find about the subject of love. I think we're trying to learn something. 
There's so many books, so many people write opinions, so many people have thoughts on what love is. Love is one of the deepest human needs of all. And yet it's also a very misunderstood and misused concept. So I want to dissect love is this morning. I found online uh, a love letter. It's very sweet. It reads this. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking off our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. Oh, oh, no one could ever take your, take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S. Congratulations on winning the state lottery. Do you really love? Do you really love? Or do you just want the money? It's misunderused. Misused, sorry, misunderstood. So what is love? What is love? Valentine's Day, Hallmark sells cards, artists write ballads, the 80s was full of them, and I think that there's one line from an 80s hit that I think summarizes maybe what our culture is looking for. The band Foreigner, I think it was 1987, and then I think Whitney Houston resung it later, and the line in the chorus is this, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. Anybody know that song? I think yeah, some of you are brave to admit it. Some of you are like, I don't want to admit. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to talk about that. What is love? Love is. Love is. You see, our society's view of love confuses love and lust. Our society has this view of love, and what they've done is they've confused love and lust. Or Some people would suggest that they haven't just confused it, they've merged love, lust, and infatuation into one whole category and called it love. And that's not what love really is. Because when they confuse infatuation, you know that, oh, you know that I, I talk to high school students and it's so funny when they say this to me. They're like, I'm so in love. He walked past me. <gasps> it's like pitter patter. Pitter patter. Like, Guys, that is not love. That's infatuation. That is not love. It's not love. And, and it, so our society's confused it. They've mixed this in love and lust because lust is all about me. What can I get for me? That's not what love is. That's not what love is at all. Yet our culture is twisting it, our culture is manipulating it and trying to throw it onto us, trying to throw it onto our students, trying to throw it onto, our, onto us as a whole culture to say love is, 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 is this, this mix-up, mash-up of, of love, lust and infatuation all mixed together and this is what love is. And, and we read in scripture that that's not what love is at all. In fact, we get this picture that God's kind of love is directed outwards towards others. 
That God's kind of love is not about me. What can I get? What satisfies me? What pleases me? It's actually directed outwards towards others. How can I care for other people? How can I show love? How can I look outward, not inward? Our culture says it's inward. God says it's outward. It's directed towards others, not towards me. Yet we get messed up in this society, messed up in this culture that kind of tries to manipulate. And I want to just, again, begin to sort of crack it open so that maybe we can see genuine love. Because I believe this. And I've said this at weddings. And I've said this when I've talked with couples who are getting married or who are married. That true love, real, genuine, authentic love is transformational. True love is transformational. God's kind of love is transformational. It changes because it's not about what I can get. It's looking outward towards others. What can I give in some ways? How can I care for the other people around me? Love, true love is transformational. Genuine love is a powerful reality, a biblical reality, and it has the ability to transform families and relationships. And what I want to tackle this morning is maybe a little bit about how we can, how, and let's make it personal, how I can, how I can find true love for my family, my relationships, and see transformation happen. What can I do? How can I live true Love. The Bible says a lot about about love. In fact, I think there's some 650 words, 50, 50 times that this word is spoken, and it talks about how significant love is, how it can change, how it can transform, how it can mend and heal broken relationships, how it can save struggling families, how it can change and transform. So we're going to look at that. First Corinthians chapter. 13. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul writes powerful words, beautiful words, in fact, about love. Significant. Now, let's just grasp a bit where we are in this passage of Scripture. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. uh, And in the middle of this Right, you have love in chapter 13. And if you look at chapter 12, he's talking to the church about spiritual gifts and the body of Christ in many parts. And then in chapter 14, he begins to talk about the gifts of prophecy. So a lot of this spiritual um, significance, the stuff that's happening to build the church family. And he says, right in between it, he lumps this whole chapter on love. In some ways, tying to the bigger picture. That love is so important. That these gifts are significant and they build and they edify the church. And, the, and on the back half, they're so important and they're so good. But love, love is incredibly important. True, God's kind of love, which is transformational. So let's, let's wrestle through this. Transformation in my relationships when, this is where we're going to go and this is personal. I can see transformation in my relationships when I, and each one of you can fill your own name in there, but when 
I, and I'd like to suggest three things this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's just read it. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I knew all the mysteries of the future and knew everything about everything but didn't love others, what good would I be? If I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move without love, without love, I would be no good to anybody. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, it would be of no value. And now everyone can probably quote the next three verses. Love is patient love is and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. It keeps no records when it has been wronged. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. There are three things that will endure, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love is a powerful word. True love is transformational. And when I understand, when I live out God's kind of love, transformation in my relationships is possible. But transformation in my relationship happens when I, when I make love a priority in my life. God's kind of love. Not society's love. Not the one that's mixed up with infatuation and lust. God's kind of love that is directed outwards towards others. When I make it a priority in my life. When I make it a priority in my life, that's when I can begin to see transformation in my relationships. Paul writes the first part of this. He says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noising gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I won't put any of us through that. Like, I could go grab a cymbal from up top and just start smashing it, and everyone's ears would be ringing. Like, catch this picture he's saying. Keeps on going, say, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, pointing to this martyr picture in the early church, even if I sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, I could tell everybody about it, or people could talk about me, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I would have gained nothing. I need to make love, God's kind of love, a priority in my life to begin to see transformation happen in relationships. Because often, when it comes to family or relationships, we try to um, change 
the situation by doing other things. Maybe other than love. God's saying, you need to make love a priority. But we try other things. Like we try to talk it out. Like if I just could talk about it. If I could just talk it out. We rely on words. And I'm not saying that talking is bad. But if I don't make love a priority, then when I talk, all I'm doing is speaking. All I'm doing is talking out. And, and I may actually be pushing people down instead of lifting people up. I may be condemning in the way that I speak. I may be like a symbol. Like, and, and the people I'm talking to, the relationships I'm trying to change or see changed are only hearing noise. We try to alter things. And Paul talks about it. You know, if I could speak all the languages, but I didn't love, I would be this clangy symbol. We try sometimes to just use knowledge or reason. But if I don't love, then all I'm doing is speaking. We try faith. Faith's a big thing with God. Don't don't get me wrong. But if I don't make love a priority, I'm nothing, Scripture says. Service, I could care for my family, I could care for the relationships, but if it's not out of love, what am I doing? Sacrifice, like I say, he's talking about the early church. We try some of these things to insert to make change or to transform or to change a situation or a circumstance when really we need to make love a priority and then as we do these things and as love's flowing through them, then transformation begins to happen. But often, we just talk. Or often we just serve. Or often we just try to spout knowledge without love. If I don't have love, if I don't love others, Scripture says, what good is it? It's noise. In God's mind, love is the greatest thing. Love. 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 Jesus spoke in Matthew. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Make love a priority. It's significant to God. In fact, he'd say priority number one is to love God. Love God with everything you have. Love God with everything, all that you are. The first four commandments drive us to put God first. God made you. God made me. We need to love Him. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And priority number two is to love others. We can simplify those two phrases, right? Love God, love others. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. Make love a priority. Love God, love others. Loving others is an outflow the embrace of embracing God's love for me. Then I turn around and love others. If I make love a priority when I talk, I don't speak noise. I speak 
love and truth. Make love a priority. If we want to see relationships change, transformation in the relationships, when I, when I, when I make love a priority, I need to, and I'm talking personal too, this is for each of us, I need to make love a priority. But I don't just stop there as we keep reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we begin to see that I need to remove barriers to love from my life. We all have some barriers. Paul outlines some that are, I mean, he outlines goods and then he outlines the things that we may struggle with when he's talking about love. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love is not. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. It rejoices whenever the truth wins out. So if I'm going to remove the barriers to love from my life, I need to look at what some of those things are. I need to identify the traits, the positives to have about love. What are the the, the positives? What are the good things? What are the, the traits that I need to to identify when Paul writes about love. Here are the good things to have. He said this, love is patient. Love is patient. It's patient. It's patient. We're often impatient people, aren't we? We don't want to wait. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is kind. Love is kind, courteous, gracious, pleasant towards people. Love rejoices with the truth. It's not a compromise, but pure joy in truth. These are the measures of genuine love. Love is patient, love is kind. Love rejoices with truth. If you wanted to insert your name before that, how would you do? Jamie is patient. Jamie is kind. Jamie rejoices with truth. How would you do if you inserted your name there? We identified the traits, the positive things. But then we identified the barriers, the negatives to remove. Remember, we have to make love a priority and then we remove those barriers, those things in our life that maybe keep us from loving as God would love. And we start to look at them and Paul says that love is not, it is not jealous. It is not jealous. It's not jealous. It's not boastful where we puff ourselves up or... Look at how good I am. Love is not. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not irritable. Anyone look at those five and go, Oh. I do. Love is not is not jealous, boastful, 
proud, rude, or irritable. Love does not demand its own way. It does not demand its own way. It's not proud, boastful, jealous, rude, irritable. It doesn't demand its own way. Love does not keep records of wrong. Remembering everything that your spouse did that made you mad. doesn't do that. Love does not rejoice about injustice. Remember, it rejoices with truth. So Paul is giving us these barriers. And as we look at these three, I mean, it starts to challenge us, doesn't it? Culture would say that love mixes in this lust and infatuation. So sure, it can demand its own way. And Paul's saying, no, love does not demand its own way. It doesn't demand its own way. Well, love's okay to keep track of records. You know, those things that if just in case... No, love does not keep records of wrong. Does not. It does not. It is not jealous, boastful, proud, rude, irritable. It does not demand its own way. It does not keep, it, keep records of wrong. And it does not rejoice about injustice. You see, these are barriers to genuine love. And if we look at them and put our name in front of them, where do we maybe need to make some adjustments? If I started to say, Jamie is, can I say, is not jealous, is not boastful, is not proud. Not be someone who's jealous or boastful or proud or rude or irritable or demanding my own way or keeping records of wrong or rejoicing about injustice. But I need to be patient and kind. Not jealous. I need to remove the barriers from my life. And as I do, transformation will happen in my relationships. I promise you. It may not be like immediate. Woohoo, microwave, popcorn, it's done. It's a challenge. We need to remove those barriers of love. We need to remove them. You see, if we want to see transformation in our relationships, remember, true love is transformational. If we have love in our relationships to see transformation happen, I need to make a priority, make love a priority in my life. I need to make love a priority in my life. I need to remove barriers to love from my life. I need to. It takes time, but it will happen and the third thing i need to make love a priority in my life i need to remove barriers to love in my life and then lastly i need to apply the principles of love in my relationships the principles of love in my relationships it's amazing how paul gives us so much information in this short passage of scripture on love it's so significant and so important i need to make love a priority in my life i need to remove the barriers of love in my life and i need to apply the principles of love in my relationships. What are those principles? Well, look what Paul says. Love never gives up. Love never uh, never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. So love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. 
If we look at a couple other translations just to see what they say, uh, 7 and 8 to talk about. It says this, it always, love is what the it is. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Bearing, bears, this New King James, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. There's some principles that are here about love. Remember, we got the barriers and the, the good qualities, the traits we have to have, the things that we, that we need to remove from our life. And then here are some principles that we can use to continue to build love into our relationships. One is this, and these are practical things that maybe you and I, that we can wrestle through in our relationships to see transformation happen. The first is this. Don't focus on the failures of others. Don't focus on the failures of others. Always protect. Never gives up. Bears all things. Cover all things. Loving my family, loving in my relationships means that I put up with all things Maybe they're failures or shortcomings. And I don't focus on them. I love. Because I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm not jealous. I'm not boastful. I'm not proud. I'm not rude. I'm not irritable. I don't focus on the failures of others. Peter writes this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. I don't focus on failures. I don't focus on failures. I see the person that God created. I don't focus on failures. There's one principle. Another principle is this. I assume the best in people. I think we've talked about this before. Oftentimes the first thing we do is, is that we, we doubt you know, we have this expectation versus experience and that gap, depending on how big it is, causes us to assume the best or assume the worst. But maybe I'll choose the position to always assume the best. Because love believes all things. I'll assume the best. I'll assume the best. I won't focus on the failures of others. And I'll assume the best in a person. I'll be willing to start over and trust people anew. I'll be willing to assume the best in, the, in that person, in that relationship. I'm not going to doubt, but I'm going to assume the best. I'm going to believe the best. I'm not going to focus on others. I am going to believe all things, or I'm always trust. I'm always going to trust. I'm always going to trust. And sometimes it's a major challenge, but I'm going to trust. And sometimes it really hurts me, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. I'm going to not focus on the failures of others. I'm going to assume the best in people. And I'm going to regard no one as hopeless. That can be a challenge. I'm always going to hope, or I'm hopes all things, or I'm always hopeful. 
I'm going to have a positive expectation for people. I'm going to think that my relationships, that no one, no one is beyond hope. I'm never going to give up. I'm going to regard no one as hopeless. Challenged yet? I am. Don't focus on the failures of others. Assume the best in people. Regard no one as hopeless. Never give up on anyone. I'm never going to give up on anyone. I'm going to endure all things or I'm always persevering or I'm enduring through every circumstance. I'm never going to give up on someone. Real love never stops trying to work things out. Your relationships, your family, it's too important to give up. I'm not going to focus on the failures of others. I'm going to assume the best in people. I'm going to regard no one as hopeless. I'm never going to give up and I'm going to draw regularly on the power of love because love never fails. God's kind of love never fails. Never fails. Love never fails. Or as the New Living Translation says, love will last forever. Transformation in relationships. I need to make love a priority in my life. I need to remove the barriers to love from my life and I need to apply the principles of love in my relationships. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous or proud or boastful or rude. It is not irritable. Love always, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. True love is transformational. God's kind of love is outward focused towards others. So, here's a couple questions for you. One, when you take that sheet home and you look through those questions, how do you find yourself? Measure them in your relationships and what can you do? What can you do? To find love in your relationships. I was, as I was preparing for this, I couldn't help but roll back to when I was in high school. It kind of made me feel young again. I was in high school in 1996. Michelle and I had kind of just started dating, and uh, we were sitting in the hallway at school, and we had a, a club, a Christian club that met, and, and at this point we were kind of just on the, the, the early stages of, um, I guess you could say, knowing about God, but not fully committed to uh, serving Him, not really giving our hearts to the Lord in a salvation manner, other than we knew who God was. And, uh, and the, the kids walked around the school, and actually, um, they were handing out treats for Valentine's Day. And as they came past, it was friends of mine who I knew from, uh, just peer group in class and whatnot walked up and they handed us this Coke can. And they handed it to both Michelle and I. It's great. I mean, lunch, I got Coke. I never got to take pop with me for lunch. And as I kind of began to reveal and look at the can, I realized that they had taped something to it. And taped to it were these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
and uh, powerful words. So I quickly looked at it. Thought, oh, this is cool. This is neat. Took it off, put it in my pocket, opened the can of pop and chugged it down. What is it? 20 years later, I still find myself reflecting on the piece of paper that was given to me. And all it was was telling me, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. Love is not rude or selfish. It cannot be easily angered. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. A can of pop with a label on it helped me see something far greater. What love really is. Not what culture says. Not what society says. God's kind of love is outward. How can I live this in my life? So, because I'm such a nice guy, there's cans of pop at the back by the children's church sign. And all of you can take one. And if you don't want to open it, that's fine. But take the tag. You can have it with your lunch today. But take the tag. Love is. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember, and I pray that 20 years later, you'll look at this in 2036. Oh my goodness. <laughs> See the, like how much things can change? 2036. Maybe some of you. Adele, maybe you'll remember this. Because you're only a little bit younger than I was when I got this. Love is. Love is. Love is not what our culture says. This conglomeration of lust and infatuation. Love is outward focus towards others. Love is transformational. Worship team, if you want to come. And afterwards, when we close, like I said, there's pop cans at the back. Take one with you. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is not.